Space podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have discounts that start at 38, and they go up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trades. An example in this episode is on the Venom the Enemy Within trade paperback. Now, this one collects several miniseries from the 1990s, including Venom the Funeral Pyre, The Madness, The Enemy Within, and Hulk vs. Venom. Now, it has some great talent attached to it, including Peter David and Nocenti and Tom Lyle. Now, the cover price is $19.99. Mail order has it for just $9.99, which is 50% off the cover price. So, check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Hey gang, welcome to our April edition of the show. Let me introduce who's on the panel this month. We've got Donovan. What's going on, Don? What's, what's wrong, Don? Oh, she left me, oh. Brad. She left me at the altar, and I'm all alone. The king of April Fool's joke, Don. If you haven't been following the front page, Don has had an elaborate April Fool's joke that he's engaged, and they got married to Stella. It was all a rouge. And and there's still some people in the message board questions that think it's the real deal, Don. I know, I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everybody the origin of that. How did that come about? Uh, this was not my idea. I was merely uh, a henchman in this diabolical scheme. Uh, right. At the Batman universe, uh, Stella and I, you know, we do the comic cast, we do the comics every two weeks, and people were saying, well, these guys seem like really good friends, so they should totally hook up. And so um, right. the webmaster, Dustin, had the, had the uh, the evil plan to, like, you guys should do a totally a fake wedding for April Fool's and change your status on Facebook. Little did I know that, like, changing your status on Facebook would invite, like, hundreds of people to congratulate you. So, uh, What's the weirdest thing someone said to you in, in the April Fool's joke? Um... Probably like, you know, I, well, like, like, there was a lot of like my female friends saying, I always knew you would make a great husband and father. It's like, oh, that's interesting. But, oh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but you wouldn't with me. I've had, I've, I've met those women. <laughs> well, there, there, there was, there was no like, you know, but uh, some people, the most interesting thing was the people who didn't respond like JR or, or George. So it's like, either they don't care or like they thought they knew I was lying. And, uh, <laughs> so that was, JR, which one was it? <laughs> <laughs> He's he's not revealing. No, I I I, I it didn't something didn't seem right, and uh, I was <laughs> I was going to wait until it was actually mentioned on the podcast before I because it would have been it was it would have been the right moment for me to throw my patented anti marriage jokes, but I <laughs> but I just didn't get the, I got the impression something was off, and that if it was a, a genuine thing, it'd be it'd be discussed on the podcast, and lo and behold. <laughs> And I, after all these years, that just proves that Jr. has spider sense. He does indeed. Because I, 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 uh, I uh, we were talking earlier, like like Zach and Chris and I were talking like on April Fool's Day about you know their thought process, and uh, it was interesting to see the people who like arched their eyebrows, suspected, but didn't didn't say anything until uh, after the day. So, so just to reiterate, Donovan is not married. He's very much single. Ladies, if you're listening to this, all two of you. As of this <laughs> I imagine there's some females out there listening to this show. Females. 
please, please email crawlspacemail at gmail.com. Say, I am a woman and I love this show. <laughs> I, will, I will read your email on the air next month if you write in. And send and you a bouquet of roses. But, uh, and I'll, I'll <laughs> slip you Don's phone number. All right, all right. All right. There's Don. We've heard from JR. What's going on, JR? How are you, buddy? Well, I'm actually not doing too good. It's all Don's fault. Um, Don't. <laughs> Yeah, because when Don when Don revealed his April Fool's joke, I said, "Well, you know what? This gives me some hope. Maybe the last twenty four years of my life has just been a joke and a dream, and that if I close my eyes and think hard enough and click my heels, then it'll all go away." No, no such thing. I was still married. You mean you didn't get hit in the head with a brick and miss your wedding day? No, no, no. Still had the same ungrateful wife and same ungrateful children. Oh man! Ungrateful <laughs> children. <laughs> I love I love having Mr. Scrooge on every month. It's awesome. <laughs> it's strip in my life is the actual comics. His, his marriage is still intact. Awesome. And we have Zach from Spidey-Dude.com. What's going on, sir? You're wearing a black Spider-Man T-shirt for the occasion. I, here. I am prepared. I'm prepared. Got, I've got pizza. I've got Gatorade. Oh yeah. I've got my black Spider-Man T-shirt. Yeah. And what's I, on the pizza? Uh, uh, uh beef. <laughs> okay, a hamburger. Cool. So hamburger, hamburger pizza. Yeah, yes, sir. What did you get? Any April Fool's jokes pulled on you or anything like that? Uh, besides the fact that I believe Don when he said he was gay. You believe Don, he man? Like you voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> two. It was two. <laughs> yeah, and he 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 was not brave enough to to actually you know lie to me to to my quote unquote face. So. <laughs> He, he conveniently ignored all my phone calls and text messages, which made me feel like a complete jerk. So, you know. <laughs> Sorry. That's too bad. Chris! We have Chris on the line. What's going on, buddy? I am. Well, I am yes, superior today mm-hmm. because, you know, we are recording on a lovely Friday evening, and that's just a superior time to oh. record this superior podcast. Oh. And we have so many new superior comic books to talk about. <laughs> Three God. issues of Superior Spider-Man plus like three different new series with Superior in it. Yeah, it's just going to be great. Oh, and and to everybody who got uh, fooled by um, Donovan, and actually I did sort of believe it for uh, a second after like it had gone <laughs> on and no one, um, no one he was he wasn't correcting all these people who were congratulating him, and I guess I wasn't thinking of it as an April Fool's joke because he told the truth on April Fools. So when you're lying every other day, but April Fools, I think it's just called being a liar. And, <laughs> but but it's okay, it's okay. We we've been jested. Uh, to yeah, but I, I was screwball. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, and Zach is going to pull a, a, a Spock on you and beat your senses. I guess. <laughs> still upset. Yeah, my goodness. I'm still upset. Wow. But it did raise my eyebrow, like. My first instinct was this is a lie, but then like everybody on Donovan's Facebook was saying congratulations and people who looked like they were probably like personal friends and I was thinking he can't be this much of a dick. <laughs> and and I guess that's what fooled me. Uh-uh. I just didn't realize. That's the April Fools, he really is. It's a great joke. I, I completely yeah. completely It was very it. well played. I'm yeah. glad you guys weren't bad. As Chris said, this is a little unique for this episode. We're uh, recording on a Friday night. We've never done this. This is the first. And the yeah. last. And the last. 
Because this is what we want to do on a Friday night, you know. Yeah. That's why we need those letters from those ladies sent to Don <laughs> ASAP. <laughs> hey, all right. And we also, um, Bertoni is running a little late. He will join us later in this episode or the next. And Kevin is also working. Possibly will join us in one of these episodes. We're not sure yet. Cross your fingers that it happens. Okay, let's tackle uh, news first. Uh, this was evidently the superior week of news. Every bit of information that came out from Marvel about Spider-Man had the word superior in it. Mm -hmm. uh, latest bit of news, we'll do the newest that came out today as we record this, which is on April 5th. Uh, there's going to be a new superior team-up ongoing book. And um, Don, you've got this one. Tell me a little about, about what's going on with this book. Well, um, <clears throat> I think to uh, perfectly sum up the intent of excitement, I'm going to uh, just read off the, the uh, excerpt from, uh, I suppose it's CBR. New York, New York City, April 5th, 2013. This July, fan-favorite writer Chris Jost pairs up with red-hot artist David Lopez to bring fans Superior Spider-Man team-up number one. This all-new ongoing launching during Superior Spider-Month gives fans a whole new look into the world of Superior Spider-Man. Great for lapsed and new readers alike. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, my thoughts, this is the latest thing in, in like the week. Cause I, think every, I think every single day we had something released, and by this point, I just could not, I couldn't even pretend to give a shit. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like, you know, it's replacing Avenging. So what exactly, is, it, is he going to you know, be like a Spider-Friends go-for-it kind of thing, or is it like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure what's different. Just, um, is he just the going name. to like team up with... I'm not exactly sure what's different. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's just the same series with a more accurate name. That's what I call <laughs> ripping off. Um, so I just looked on our front page. Someone updated it. it so it's been confirmed that Yost says this is replacing Avenging Spider-Man? I thought you updated that. Yeah, I don't know. It's some mysterious man. Some some mysterious front pager has it was it, it was confirmed in the uh, in the CBR the yeah the CBR interview with Axel Alonso. Yep. Well, I, I, I will say one thing. I might, I might be stealing what Chris might be saying, but like, uh, if uh, in one issue we're going to review tonight, uh, he gets in a fight with the Avengers, and it's over. You know, like something's wrong with Spider-Man. What's going on? If they're launching an ongoing with him, you know, teaming up with the Avengers and ideally saying superior friends go for it, then like that kind of spoils the ending to the story we're already reading. Actually, <clears throat> according to Chris Yost, the word team up actually means like getting in tussle with so. That's his exact word. So the team-up is not teaming up, it's versus. Basically, so the, yeah, yeah. The m more accurate title would be Spider Superior Spider-Man versus... The world. The world, okay. <laughs> Spider-Man Pilgrim versus the world. So, Don, what do you, what do you think of this? Is, I mean, are you picking up Avenging? Are you going to continue to pick this up? Hell no. <laughs> I, just, I just, I can't... I'm sorry. It's like, you know, Dan Slott writes, interestingly enough, whether it's good or bad, mostly bad, for me to keep on right. picking up Superior. But, like, uh, and Chris Harris is a good writer, but I just, I don't, I'm sorry, I just don't have any interest to see uh, Dr. Octopus be a douchebag to the superheroes as opposed to, you know, just random people in his own title. Is there anybody besides myself that picks up Avenging? I do. I do. Okay. It's, it's okay. And I agree. It's, it's a good B-book, I think. Yeah. Zach, do you pick it up? I, I do pick up Avenging, and I actually think I enjoy okay. it. I enjoy it better, actually, than Superior. Oh, really? 
Oh. Are you guys both that pick up Avenging going to pick up this one? Yeah, well, I am. It's just a title change. I am. And I think it's a better title, to be perfectly honest with you, because it tells, I... you, what you, it tells you what you're getting. I agree. Zach, you going to keep picking uh, up? I entrust, in, uh, in Yoast, I trust. Excuse me. <laughs> I entrust in Yoast also. I think uh, it, it is just a name change. I mean, um, Avenging, I, when I first launched, I assumed that it was just going to be team-ups with Avengers. But uh, I guess... Where were you wrong? <laughs> Who knows? All right, the other bit of news that came out this week... Um, well, JR, we didn't hear from you. You don't pick up Avenging at all, do you? Hell no. What, what, <laughs> you picked up Marvel Team Up back in the day, right? Yeah, because it was cheaper. <laughs> and funnier. You don't you don't want another four bucks out of your wallet, right? No. And, and, <laughs> who who, if not a guy that's been picking up Spider Man for thirty years, who picks this book up, JR? How the hell do I know? <laughs> You're my probably probably guys with too much money and too much time on their hands. You know, you know, fanboys who masturbate to Electra in their basements. You know, things like that. Oh, you don't need this for that. Wow, wow, wow! All right, you quoting Bill Jameis or something? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I've actually been I've actually read bits and pieces of that uh, Marvel: The Untold Story, and uh, Mister 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 Jameis's infamous quote is published right there. Wow, that's crazy. So, this, like most relaunches of books like this, um, they see a spike and then they pretty much go back to normal levels, I would think, from the diamond numbers that we see. I mean, do you guys agree? Do we know how, yeah. uh, how Avenging Spider Man was doing sales wise? Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's about average, it's a bit below the superior, obviously. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to infer that like, this is a terrible idea. But it doesn't. It doesn't seem like it's like the most uh, ingenious idea. It's just like you know, wouldn't you want to see a comic where Spider-Man teams up with other Marvel characters? I guess. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It's, it's like you know, I, I don't see. Ideally, a, a new title should be cause for a celebration because it's something new or something like like a pique your interest. And I'm, I'm I'm not exactly sure what this brings to the table. Yeah. All right. The other bit of news that came out this uh, week is. Has the word superior in it also. Superior Spider-Man storms the Shadowland with a very different looking Spider-Man costume. Zach, you've got this one. What's going on here? Okay, so the Shadowland, for those of you not in the know, uh, is the area of Manhattan that was taken over by the Kingpin during the Andy Diggle uh, Daredevil run. Uh, The Hobgoblin and the Kingpin have been running things for a little while, and according to the press release of it, uh, it says, continuing his personal quest to show the world why he is truly the superior Spider-Man, Otto Octavius looks to add cleaning up the city of New York to his list of accomplishments. So why is he British? I was say that. I was like, where they actually come from? I don't know. It just it's like out. John Cleese reading a press release. My <laughs> 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 Sorry, dude. I am. I am. Uh, okay, go ahead. Anyway, uh, but you know, it basically says what's his plan of attack. Superior Spider-Man 14 marks a drastic change for the character and the series. He's got new allies, new looks, a all-new agenda, explained Dan the Fan Slot. And we kick it off with a <laughs> moment of that would literally change the face of New York in the Marvel Universe. And basically, he becomes his he does his best Stanley impression with the rest of the uh, of the press release. The one thing that literally stuck out 
immediately was what was two things actually. One, can Roberto yeah. Ramos draw a different um, pose for Spider Man? Because this is like the fourth cover we've seen with this same pose. Yeah, just saying. What's the other ones? What's the other big ones? time? Big time. Uh, he also oh, did. Yeah. He also did it. I think twice during uh, the um, Amazing Spider Man seven hundred. So. Uh, but question about the cover: Who are those people? Do you know who those people are um, behind him? I, I'm going to say it's this anti Spider Squad. I don't know. Okay, I, we don't know it. They've got spider eyes, goggles. Yeah, and and it looks like it's part of his team of of Spider Man agents or whatever. And and you said in a text to me that it looks like the combo of Alex Ross and Ben Riley's costume. It absolutely does. If you it, the for those that don't know the Alex Ross costume, it was the design of the costume that Alex Ross made for the Spider Man first Spider Man movie. Um, that fun fact was actually a alternate costume in the uh, video game. Oh yes, but. Uh, it's essentially the same with the enlarged Ben Riley esque spider. So it's really uh, a marriage of those two particular costumes. Uh, not saying it's terrible. It's it's just uh, I would prefer if somebody else besides Ramos drew it. It's a different look. I I like it. I mean, do you think this is his new suit? Starting with this issue, or um, which it's kind of, that they'd be kind of nuts to do a, a new suit so soon. I mean, it's only going to be what seven months into the end of the run. We're already getting a new suit. Um, Plus, he has, he has his old suit, and uh, or he has his um, first superior suit in the uh, Marvel team up. That's just above it. Yeah, which and granted, it could take place before this the Shadowland storyline too. Um, I just. I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a nice suit. I, I think it, I actually think I prefer this suit a little bit better than the current suit because it's different enough to differentiate between the two. That's just me. All right. Uh, anybody else's thoughts on this uh, Shadowland? What does it have to do with Shadowland? By the way, is he invading Shadowland, going after the Kingpin? Is that what he's yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, that's what he's doing. It's it's okay it's to eliminate the eliminate Shadowland. All of it is. I got you. I got you. Uh, open it up to the panel. What do you guys think of this one? Again, it's like I, I, I'm not I'm not going to be you know Debbie Downer tonight, but like it's sort of the kind of same thing. It's like is this a, because it's a storyline. He's going to you know beat up the kingpin. I guess um, I don't know. I, I have a hard time getting excited for it. The new suit is interesting. I'm not going to say it's not, but like you know, I don't know. Slot's kind of overselling the whole idea of you know Superior Spider-Man versus the kingpin. Nothing will ever be the same again. Eh, it's just a fight. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he, JR, how how are we going to get a better fight than the uh, JMS fight in Civil War of the Spider-Man versus Kingpin? Uh, I don't think we can. Right. He shines his head. <laughs> JR, you two cents on this. The new costume, going after the Kingpin, Ock versus Kingpin. Um, I, prob- I have the same amount of interest in this as I did in Superior Spider-Man team-up. <laughs> Which is nada, huh? I am so predictable in my old age. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're regular. That's a good thing. Uh, oh, well, no, well, not, with, <laughs> with, not without supplements, of course. But, uh, <laughs> but we won't talk about that right now. <laughs> so, no interest, Jr. It's just ho-hum, just the train's still going along. No, I'm actually more interested in having a conversation with my wife than I am spending $4 on this crap. Oh, damn. Oh. That, that Let me tell you, folks. My gosh. JR on a Friday night is, is raw. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's because I'm by myself in my basement. What else? 
My gosh. He's Andrew Dice Clay smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Chris, any interest in this? Um, in the well, it's just an issue of Superior, right? So we're all going going to read it. Um, I don't know what else to say. It's they they hype it up a lot in the description, like literally change the face of New York. You know, like this is the biggest thing ever. But all they actually tell us is that he's invading Shadowland, and to me, that's not very much of a hook. Um, and the costume just looks different and wrong to me. Yeah, well, I, yeah, it just looks wrong. I don't know. I, I don't uh, like it. Does the current um, ox costume look wrong to you too? No, I th- I like I like the current costume because it looks like classic Spider-Man until you look closer and you see the different details, which I think fits the character a little bit. So it's a it's a good the current costume's great. I just don't think the uh, this black eyed red booty. One-eyed purple eater, yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's just—it's just—it eh, looks wrong to me. And Chris, you've got this next bit of news item: uh, another superior announcement. Superior Carnage miniseries oh, is coming. Out. Great, <laughs> tell me about this. Because we needed—we needed Carnage um, after <laughs> after that crap. Um, that was pretty in, bad in Scarlet Spider and Venom. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's going to be a mini series about Carnage. <laughs> it's Superior Carnage, written by Kevin Shinnick and artist Stephen Segovia. And Shinnick written? I don't even know. I, I don't know. Avenging Spider-Man and Robot Chicken. It says in the press release. Uh, I, oh, that's guess, I guess when? I missed that episode of Avenging. Issue. I always confuse issues. Is that episodes. is that the um, the Deadpool one? Which one did he? I write? don't. I don't know. I, I actually didn't start reading Avenging until Yost came on. Um, right. Okay, so this is what what it says. I've decided that kind of like and inspired by the way the government and the Avengers have used Venom and turned him into Agent Venom, that the wizard has gotten the idea that if he can harness Carnage and convert him into a sort of Agent Evil, it would be even more wicked and more ridiculous than turning Venom into an agent, Shinnick <laughs> told LA Times Hero Complex. Um, he, he goes on. He wants to harness this power, but use it for evil. The problem being, it is carnage. And without even Cletus in there, we're just, we're talking just pure symbiote and pure chaos. So, in Minimum Carnage, uh, Scarlet Spider lobotomized Cletus Cassidy, so he's just sort of a, a limp body inside the symbiote now. So I guess this is the wizard trying to harness the power of the symbiote who's just in control now. Uh, in case you thought there was too much depth to uh, Carnage when he had a human host, you know, like this is just this is just pure chaos now. Um, right. I, and I don't, I don't want it. I don't. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> Spider-Man Crawl Space podcast, we hate everything. Um, <laughs> Thumbs up, we were, believer. So, we were so happy last month, weren't we? <laughs> we're talking about new lot, titles. A lot of love, right? Yeah, no, I don't I don't I'm not bothered by the existence of any of this stuff. It's just I was turned off of Carnage by uh by the last story and I don't know who the creators are, so there's no built-in appeal based on that. Um and just the wizard, like yeah. what the what the hell does the wizard have to do with Carnage? 
I don't know. But I just did a little search on this uh, Kevin Shinnick writer. He uh, wrote the the Deadpool team-up of Avenging, where they went after the Hypno-Hustler. And, uh, it because was that's a story everybody wants to read. The Hypno-Hustler, <laughs> Deadpool, and Spider-Man. I mean, come on. Kev- Kevin loved that issue. I didn't particularly care. And that's why it, he's but... not here, folks. Oh! <laughs> Get up. <laughs> So, here's a poll. Who's buying Superior Carnage? Um, Is there anyone besides me? I mean... Well, Brad, Kevin's going to have to you... buy it. Yeah, Kevin's cursed. Um, yeah. Brad, Brad <laughs> like, wait, like, uh, we'll ask you, like, what do you... Do you like this idea? Are you down for it? Uh, I, I like the character of Carnage. Um, but you're not getting the car- character of Carnage. You're getting pure symbiote and pure chaos. Yeah, that's just wrong. I mean, like, okay, the symbiote is, you know, an evil alien. We've established that. But, like, without Cleus Cassidy, he's not, the, he's not worse. He's like, Cleus Cassidy fuels the symbiote last I checked. It's not like Cleus Cassidy, you know, brings him humanity or anything like that. That is so totally an is, is Cletus Cassidy just brain dead and the suit's dragging him around? Is this what the series is? <laughs> I think so, at the behest of the wizard. You know, that the classic... <laughs> Don't mind the, the man behind the curtain. Yes, the Wizard of Oz. Classic Fantastic Four villain. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think so. He was. He has all those clones in the Hickman yeah. run. Anyway, yeah, I'm down for it, but it's just as as Jr. and I have talked over the years. It's just another Spider-Man miniseries that is probably in the B or C range. That's, right? that's being generous. That's being very generous. So I don't know, man. Anyway. Like the last the last Spider-Man miniseries. Gosh, I mean, because it feels like the Marvel Knights thing was a miniseries, although I know it, was, it wasn't ongoing, but, like, I can't think of the last time there's been a Spider-Man miniseries where it's been, like, like not even, like, just just great, but, like, worth a damn. Or maybe this is me. I, can you guys name a, a Spider-Man miniseries that's worth a damn besides Slot's Human Torch Run, which was, what, ten years I, I ago? Do, I do really, really like Spider-Man Blue, but that was a while ago, too. Yeah, that was, like, 01 or 02. That was, like, I think 2004. Three or four, or maybe no, no, two thousand two. You're right. Yeah. Jr. Anything come to mind of a Spider-Man miniseries that was damn good? Uh, Death and Destiny, but man, we're going back to what two thousand or something for that. Three weeks. They right? have. They've been few and far between. Yes. Yes. Uh, Zach, can you think of a good one? I can think of the cl- real Clone Saga miniseries. Come on, people! Come on! Oh, that was pretty good. Well, that good. was good. That was, that was, that was yeah. fun. It was un- yeah, pure absolute fun, uh, and you could also include Spider Girl. Uh, those were the, the last four issues of Spider Girl. Her entire issue was a miniseries. <laughs> That's that kind of true. A hundred and twenty issue miniseries. I freaking love that. <laughs> I was talking about spectacular. I know, I know. I'm just giving you crap. Okay. All right, the last bit of superior news is the superior foes of Spider-Man ongoing title. JR's favorite new book. JR's favorite new book. That's why I gave this one to JR. Tell me what's going on with this one, JR. All your might. All your might. Tell me what the basis of this story is about. Well, you know, basically a superior piece of shit is still a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, basically the, the, the fact that uh, a bunch of mediocre villains uh, – you know, got pasted by uh, Peter Puss in the, I think, the first issue of Superior Spider-Man, apparently uh, entitles them to their own ongoing. <laughs> so we're going to have, you know, we're go- we're going to go see this through the eyes of Boomerang, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, and, 
who will be played by Paul Hogan probably or whatever, you know. And, <laughs> and, you know. Look at my knife. Yeah, and uh, you know it'll you know it'll it'll feature the shocker and and underpower and the beetle with boobs and all those characters you've been clamoring for and are willing to play and wanting to pay four bucks a month to read uh, their continuing adventures. So you know, hey, hey, li- line up you Marvel drones and and buy this <laughs> because you demanded it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you demanded it. Here, here is my question for Jr. Oh. <laughs> Ready? I'm winding up for a pitch. All right. This is fun. What would a superior foe of Spider-Man book need to have for you to pick it up monthly? Norman. Exactly. Exactly. Who else would have have to be in the book with Norman? Norman. <laughs> 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 Who else would be in the book, Jer? Well, I mean, come on, the the superior foes of Spider-Man, how many of them are there? There's really only about, what, uh, Norman, Dr. Octopus, of course, who's who's sort of not available to be Dr. Octopus right now, Some uh, Venom, uh, yeah. maybe some of the other Sinister Six, but, you know, there's... I, I could see Vulture. I could see Craven. The Jackal would be so annoying that I think uh, he would he be the be. one villain that, that, that all the others would kill before the first issue. You know, so, hey, uh, if it... you always need somebody annoying, that's why we have Zach. On the show. Oh. Oh. I'm so sorry, Zach. It took 34 <laughs> minutes and 15 seconds for a shot across the bow. It's uh, am so, it gets sorry. better. It's not. It's not at the very beginning of the show anymore. Here's the thing. The, the the more accurate name of this book would be the inferior foes of Spider-Man, because yeah. this is definitely not the A-team. <laughs> however, however, some people, some writers can take, I guess these are like C-list Spider-Man villains, and I could think they might be able to turn it into something. And Nick Spencer, who writes uh, Secret Avengers at the moment, I can't think what else he writes. I mean, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but uh, this is not the superior foes of Spider-Man. Well, here's here's my thing on it. You know, th- this is yeah. not a bad idea. You know, a book of like this is basically it's, like um like Suicide Six or not Suicide Six, uh, Secret Six from DC a few years ago, where like you take these sort of like Thunderbolts. random, I mean, you take these random villains and you like you give them a book. You know, the thing is, fun things can happen. Um, my umbrage with it is how they kind of you know describe it in the link because it says like you know um, these are the um, the working class villains, you know, like they, they, they have secret identities and they, you know, they know Spider-Man, you know, better than anyone. All, all three of those things are wrong. First of all, you can't be a working class supervillain because you're stealing shit. Second <laughs> of all, every, every one of them has been, like, beaten and arrested time and time again. That's why they're C-less. So they don't have secret identities. Everybody knows who Herman Schultz is. Now, now you see, back in the late 90s, a good Spider-Man spinoff book that nobody gave any time to which was Slingers. And I think Slingers is still, still well-regarded in the Spider-Man community. I thought it was a pretty good book. This, I guess, could be a Slingers. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but okay. It just, it just depends on if the writing's good. Uh, uh, to, to, like any book, actually. depends very heavily if the writing's good. To, to argue, I know. Sorry. Go ahead, Zach. Uh, to argue that point, Slingers was for completely diff- new characters that were using the costume identity of Spider-Man. The former identity is Spider-Man. So you were able to build the book that way. These are previously established characters. And uh, because you demanded to know what what's goes behind, what, what 
how, the perspective of Boomerang, of all freaking people. Who cares about Boomerang? He's a guy that throws exploding boomerangs. That's all you need to know. What about Speed Demon? Speed Demon is even worse. Speed Demon has been... Who who was the last time you fought Spider-Man? Like, like 1992? (laughs) I almost said Amazing 272, but that was Slide. Slide, slide, slippity slide. Uh, (laughs) Do or die. Sorry. Gallo Coolio. Shocker, I'll give you Shocker. Shocker's a fun villain. He's a solid Spider-Man villain. And he's the best they got. That's true. Who who demanded overdrive? Uh, Dan Slott. Tom Brennan. Nobody demanded overdrive. It's almost like they said, we need another Spider-Man book. Who's available? Overdrive's free. So we need another Spider-Man book. How can we guarantee people won't buy it? <laughs> well, the sad get. thing is, is like now that Mr. Negative's all, you know, walked on the Looney Bin or whatever, he's the only brand new day villain that is available. We have to be careful. We're going to be Mr. Negative if we aren't careful with all these superior <laughs> news coming out. I mean, I wish, as Spider-Man fans, I wish we were like, oh, man, I can't wait to go buy that book. And and the feeling I'm getting from you guys is, oh, crap, no way. Well, I mean, again, yeah. I, again this, this I think is the most, like, uh, kind of interesting idea to me. It's just, it's just in the way they kind of, like, like uh, uh, described it to me. They kind of, like, you know, it was like, oh, shut up. If, but, uh, if they, had, they had Norman on the, on the teaser image. You know what? I am going. To, I'm going to check out. I'm going to check out the first issue. Yeah, almost because I feel bad, but I will check out the first issue. You're buying it. It's out a of pity. Like, Spider-Man pity party over like, here. Chris, poor, we haven't heard from you. What's your two cents? Poor, poor comic. Your best character is Shocker. Um, <laughs> that that title just doesn't flow. <laughs> yeah, no, I I have no interest. And I'm not saying that with any of these things, I'm not saying I know it's going to be bad or the writing could be good, but I don't, it's, I don't see what the hook is, right? These characters are not intrinsically interesting. So if Nick Spencer thinks that he can make Boomerang the most interesting character in the world, he'll have to prove that and it'll have to come to me through word of mouth after it's been solidly established that this is a great book. And then maybe if I feel like spending ho- however much, probably four dollars, I'll try it. But it's like I, I, it's I don't know. I would hope that this one would launch at the same price point as Venom and Scarlet, which is two ninety nine. What are the odds of that? You know they're going to charge four dollars for Boomerang. I think Venom and Scarlet <laughs> Spiders are on their way out because I heard that like uh, they're not doing well. I've got the uh, sales figures from the cool. exclusive, the diamond. Yeah, but the, hang on, hang on, I don't have to. Sit. I'll be, uh, I'll be back in a second. Oh god, I got to <laughs> start it. Never mind. It's all good. No, it's oh, that. What one adventure off that? That's too bad. Um, let's see. That's pretty much all the superior news that came out. Uh, <laughs> launching of ongoings, etc. Let's talk about. Yeah, that's our future. Oh, let me go around the horn. Is anyone besides myself picking up the Superior Foes of Spidey? I'll give it a shot. Me and, Kev- and Kevin. I'll, I'll give, I'll give Don, it a shot. Don is, JR is a hell no. I'll do it, just just so we don't get construed well, as being negative. Okay, Chris, <laughs> I got two pities, one hell no. Um, <laughs> I, I, like I said, it'll it'll have to be proven to be a great book through word of mouth before I give it a chance. It seems like, at least with the Marvel Universe, and as, as comic sales shrink, I guess, there's three ways to launch a book in the Marvel Universe. Slap Spider-Man in front of it, Avengers, or X-Men. 
There's the Avengers Arena. There's the Avengers AI now. Which is a there's terrible, a... terrible book. Well, we ha- the book hasn't even been released. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, uh, arena. Uh, arena. I, di- I didn't. Even I didn't get that. Um, That's bad. When Brad Douglas does not get a Marvel comic book, you know you failed. <laughs> I don't get X Men Legacy either because I have no interest in like what's his name? Is his name Legacy? I don't know. Or it's Charles Xavier's son. Oh, well, oh that was Legion, right? Le- I think so. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't get that book either. But anyway, it's another example of slapping a, a, a name on, in front it's, of It's a, just kind of like throwing things out. And, you know, I mean, I, we, we can be kind of fickle with this, admittedly, because there are times where we say, you know, why can't we give this character a title or we like this character, bring them back and we'll buy it. But, like, so I think they're kind of like just throwing the wall and seeing what sticks. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on in the presentation of some of these things. Right. All right. Uh, let's see what else we've got in news. Um, Don, let's hit you up with the, this one. You just wrote an article about why Amazing Spider-Man 121 and 122 are horrible. First, address that. <laughs> well, all I'll say is check the date, and, you'll, and then read the article if you can see them. I'm totally right, guys. Did you, did you pull another April Fool's? I, did, I haven't read the article yet. I'm sorry. Did you try to pull another one? Did I do that? I will say that um, George, was, Steve Ir- George was totally fooled when he read this, and he was, he was actually re- getting ready to rip me a new one, but then he, he checked the date. All right. Well, that's another. My God, I'm never trusting you again in the whole month of April or May for, or March for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> never again. Anyway, to tie it in, uh, there was some pictures of uh, Emma Stone and Shane Lee Woodley. I think is how you say her name. Good job. Uh, as uh, Mary Jane, some uh, pictures from the set of Amazing Spider-Man Two, and I, I, I just noticed that it's interesting that uh, Emma Stone is wearing a purple skirt. She's wearing black uh, high boots. And if you look, it's very similar to the outfit, with the exception of the overcoat, uh, what she, what Gwen Stacy was wearing in Amazing Spider-Man 121 and 122, where she was thrown off the bridge. And the night Gwen Stacy neck- died. Exactly. The, when her neck's... Or the day. Or the mid-afternoon. Who knows? Oh, do you think uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 is going to have that storyline in it? <laughs> no. Well, okay, here, here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to give this my all because I struggle to think, see that this is worth something, but I'm going to be legit. And I actually like, I actually watched uh, ASM again. as I, I had a DVD for Christmas like last week. And if you look at Gwen Stacy's fashion, um, she does have a bit of uh, of like old-school Gwen Stacy fashion sensibilities to her because she does have the skirts and the, and the go-go boots. That, that's legitimately like like what they put in those movies. So that's a nice uh, instance. Her having a purple skirt is a, I think it's, I just think it's a massive coincidence. I think she's going to die. I don't think I know people are saying like you know oh they're going to keep Gwen alive because they hate the comic books of course. I don't think it's going to happen. I think she's going to die. I think she probably is going to die in the third one. Although I'm not saying that there's zero chance she'll die in this next one. I don't know because Gwen, uh, Gwen Stacy, Emma Stone has been quoted as saying that she knows that the character dies and that she's totally cool with that because it would be a good story. So does this mean that she'll from, die? I'm, I don't think so, but it's always possible. From what I've read, I, I've read that Amazing Spider-Man Two is potentially going to be the Empire Strikes Back of the Star Wars movies. Really? From where? Where there's like a cliffhanger, and it really makes you want to go out and see that third one when it comes out in a year or two. So what better cliffhanger than the the introduction of Norman Osborn 
in the suit who we met earlier in the movie, and he, and he snaps her neck or throws her off the bridge and her neck snaps. That's his first scene. <laughs> That's his first scene. Wouldn't that be a great cliffhanger for two? I mean, I don't know, because you got to kind of build up Norman Osborn, I think, a little bit more. You just, I think you kind of like, um, um, you know, over, you know, not kind of, not, I'm trying to find the, the, the right metaphor for this, but I think it's, if you introduce Norman Osborn by doing ASM 121 or 122, I don't know, it, it almost feels like it's a, it's maybe they're hoping that people will be familiar with him enough through the Raimi movie, but yeah. I, I would imagine you kind of like want to set him up as a, as a badass and then like really have that bowl over, but, you know, at an appropriate time. And I hope that like, they wouldn't just kill her off too soon, you know? I'm not sure. To go back to what we were talking about previously, Zach, is that true? My Little Pony sold that many copies? Yes. <laughs> 43,579 for the month of February. It outsold Avenging Scarlet Spider and Venom. Wait a minute. The direct market or Diamond ordered 43,000 copies of My Who? What the hell? What is that about? <laughs> The bullies are legion. Um, Scarlet Spider it, sold twenty four thousand. Venom <laughs> sold twenty three thousand, and Avenging <laughs> sold thirty one thousand. I don't get it. Why is My Little Pony so hot? Because my, of my the little, bronies. My Little it's Pony so is like doing double Venom's numbers. That's incredible. Um, it's because of the bronies, bro. The bronies. what's the bronies? Bronies? You never heard of what's bronies? A, what? What's a brony? A brony it, it, is, a, is a cult of uh, of you know closet My Little Pony uh, fans who are you know are, that are not basically the archetype of the uh, the demographic. And they, they, how do you they know this? Because <laughs> we're on the internet all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Bronies dot com. What the hell? Um, because the we have like comics. Yeah, yeah, they buy comics. Uh, they oh. they they show up at comic conventions and they admit that they're bronies. It's like it's like a, it's act like Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh, like, I don't uh, know about that because it, it's a lot more uh, wide. I literally, the first are these dudes? Are these guys? Yeah, these are guys. These are guys that like My Little Ponies. And allegedly, <laughs> and honestly, they're guys that are like in their twenties and thirties and forties that like My Little Pony and will support a comic that much. Yes, are you seriously learned about this for the first time, dude. I, you think I'm not? <laughs> my God, this is this is all new to me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I need to explore the internet more. I haven't. No, you to don't want to. It takes you to some very dark places, bro. Don't There's not dirty stuff with this, is there? Uh, was that? There, there's not like X-rated stuff. Uh, there stuff, is, is X-rated stuff. Rule thirty-four. Oh, see, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> anyway, back to the blonde with the bridge. All right. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to. Derail. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you, you, this train just fell off, and Harrison Ford's running away. I mean, futile. <laughs> my gosh. Anyway, Jr., what's your thoughts? Is Norman throwing her off the bridge in two? Well, um, there's actually a question on the message board later yeah. uh, that asks, uh, "How do I think that Norman will do will um, kill Gwen Stacy?" And uh, I don't know if I want to get into that. I I, I, I think the uh, I think that the dress her manner of dress is deliberately taken from the comic book, but I, I don't necessarily think it it's that's because that's what she's going to die in. And and second of all, I don't really think that they'll do the bridge scene again. I mean, Sam Raimi already did the bridge scene. Uh, he gave it, you know, I mean, obviously Mary Jane survived, but, you know, everybody's expecting Gwen to die. So, what? The, you know, the directors are, are, are 
are going to have to. I'm surely they're they're realizing what people are anticipating, and they're going to try to throw a curveball. So I, well, I think that uh, I think that her choice of dress uh, in this picture is deliberate. I don't think it means that it's going to be you know the death scene. Right. Um, I don't know if you. Well, maybe she dies dies in childbirth delivering Norman's babies. Yeah, because we want to watch that on on a. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do you guys watch that show, Comic Book Men, on AMC? Uh, do not. Nope. Not intentionally. Okay. Well, <laughs> there was actually there was debate about uh, the retcon of uh, Gwen Stacy being such a virgin, etc. And they were debating that in the comic shop, and they were describing the storyline how Norman slept with Gwen and and she had two twins. What did Smith say this time? Well, it wasn't Smith that was the geyser in the shop, and they were like, "Why don't they adapt that into a movie? That sounds great." I was just thinking to myself, no. Well, I mean, here, I will say this. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to say that you know a character only has to follow one certain destiny because I think the characters can be malleable and can do whatever as long as there's a great writer. But I do think that uh, having them kill Gwen in this franchise would be a really good thing for the franchise because it shows it shows uh, the, the the hard life of Peter Parker in a way which the Raimi films never did, and that's not a fault of the Raimi films. That's just saying that you know. The fact of the character from the comic books, they can adapt that and use it to their advantage. So, do the majority of you guys think that she's going to die in three, not two? I think before I the franchise is done, that she's going to die. I don't like making predictions, Brad. Okay. And yet, oh, well, we, <laughs> and but yet, Chris. Yeah, I, I, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, Jr. Three. I, or two? I, have, I, no I have no. I really don't. Don't even want to speculate, to be honest. Curveball. Curveball. Yeah. None of them. She won't die in any of them. Oh. Hmm. I'd be annoyed. Boom. Yeah. Don, is she dying in two or three? Uh, I, I say there's there's a chance she can die in two, um, but I think that if she doesn't die in two, she's 100% dying in three. So I, I'd like the t-shirts prepared, okay? Uh, Brad was right. She's dying at the end of the two by Norman. We'll see about that. All right. Brad was right. Actually, I would rather see Harry Killer instead of Norman, to be honest. But you know, that might make for a more interesting deviation from the uh, from the canon. But that's that's going down a different path. Andrew here. Garfield kills her for some reason. What, what if uh, would you like Harry in the Goblin suit, or you want Norman? Depends on how well it's written. I mean, I don't want to necessarily see a replay of of the Raimi films, and and I. You know, like I said, even though I'm a, a continuity fanboy whore, when it comes to an in- interpretation in a different medium, I don't mind being thrown a curveball in every now and then. Right. Okay. <laughs> Harry could kill her at prom or something. <laughs> All right. Another bit of uh, uh, news out of the movie. Uh, director Mark Webb has been uh, sending tweets out of uh, pictures from the set. And uh, one of the ones that caught a lot of our attention was uh, evidently there's a Ravencroft, which is like the equivalent of Arkham Asylum in the Spider-Man universe where crazy bad guys go for psychiatric help. And if you're massacred, you take out, you know, Ashley Kafka in a (laughs) non-ceremonious way. Right. Zach, this is your topic. Tell me about it. What do you think? Um, well, it's interesting. I mean, it's. I'm not surprised. I mean, Mark Webb and I think Sony understand that who their t- core t- target audience is, and and we may not. I mean, it may not be a big deal for the movie. Well, I mean, obviously, have to see a trailer, but um, it's a it's a very nice touch. I think that you know, 
using what you've got in the source material is always a good thing with when it comes to comic movies. So um, my opinion on it is is such that I, it's a good touch. I, I hope we see, but we haven't heard anything about Ashley Kafka anyway, have we? Has she been cast or anything? She's playing. I mean, not that I know of. Not that I know of. Okay, so we may not see her individually, but we may see Ravencroft or something. Um, I think was that where the locker was, Brad? Oh, I think that that was an Oslo. Well, you what? don't know where the locker was. There was no distinguishing okay. characteristics, but uh, it could be. I think the picture of the Oscorp box appeared a couple days later, so I would assume that they were shooting in the same spot. Yeah. So I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean Ravencroft being being in Amazing Spider-Man too. I'm I'm all for it. One of the things that was in the um, the picture of the Ravencroft, I think it didn't it say electrical charge or something like that. Yeah. In, in one of the departments, didn't so say, like, maybe voltage that's, cells or something. Yeah, voltage cells. So that made me think of maybe electros stuck in there or something. Well, he's going to be in a movie, so possible. Yeah, there was actually something I didn't prepare this for a. Um, uh, topic, but let me do a little search real quick. Uh, Jamie Foxx described the Electro uh, costume a little bit. Um, I think he did that in that video that you posted a few months back. Well, he he didn't describe the costume. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I found it. Uh, Jamie Foxx interview. Let me click on it real quick, and I can read you the description. Um, it, yeah, Voltage Sales was it was right. the Ravencroft. Okay, sorry. Uh, let's see. Okay. No, 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 no. His face and hands are silvery gray, eyes are silvery blue, and he's not in the green and yellow suit yet, but feeling his powers now. So that's uh, a tweet that uh, Jamie Foxx sent out. So it looks like they're not going to green and yellow. Green and yellow, green and yellow. Uh, <laughs> back and yellow, back I can, and yellow. I, I can see, like, the yellow could be, like... Um, Maybe the green and yellow could be the electrical spark. I think that would be a good visual. Like, the director knows what the character looks like, and I, and I appreciate in the first movie that he actually did put the lizard in, in the, the the coat, the lab coat. So that I think that was a deliberate, here you go, fans. You wanted it. Here he is. Now leave me alone. Shot. Now leave me alone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a without a lab coat. So I, I, think, I think Mark Webb is smart enough to appease us nerds, etc., uh, to give him a little bit of it, costume. If, 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 if the only way that any of us would be happy in the slightest is if he wears a starfish cowl. <laughs> I know that that is goofy, but it's Ditko. I like that <laughs> look. Uh, let's see what else do we have for news? Uh, oh, I have a Stanley story. Really? Uh, last month, uh, in March, uh, in St. Louis, they held the first uh, Wizard World St. Louis Comic Con. And the headliner was Stan Lee. 90-year-old Stan Lee is still on the the touring circuit. And I got to see him again. I saw him last year, and I saw him this year, and he's spry as ever. And I think it's cool. I don't know if you guys watched the um, uh, Who Wants to Be a Superhero show that was on Sci-Fi a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. Do <laughs> you remember the winner of that? It was uh, a, a dude. I forget what his name is. Oh, he's in blue costume? But, uh, I can't remember. He's, he's a big, bulky guy, and he's a sheriff's deputy, etc. But anyway, he—I guess—he tours around with Stan, and he introduces him at, at uh, shows. And he's just a cool guy. I forget what his his name is. I, I wish I was more prepared for that, but uh, 
you guys can go Google it. I'm right on it. So he he was uh, telling a story about uh, he had a couple of funny stories about when he was filming with Stan Lee on that show. One was they were waiting around and uh, for the cameras to get set, etc. And there was a ping pong table, and he was like, and Stan goes, "Hey, hey kid, you want to play some ping pong?" This is eighty eighty ish year old Stan Lee, and the guy was like, "Stan Lee's talking to me. Oh my god, and we're gonna play ping." So we're playing ping pong, and. Stan's keeping up. He's going. He's playing ping pong with this like 35, 40 year old dude. And somebody says, Hey, such and such, whose name I can't remember right now. And he turns his head, and Stanley slams one right past him and scores the point. And, and Stan whispers something like, You're going to remember that the rest of your life. <laughs> now stay out of my way. Beaten by Stanley. And he said another funny story that he shared about Stanley while fam- filming that show that I thought was a really cute story. Uh, one of the runners up that was on the show was some big busty lady that was uh, in a skin tight suit trying to be the who wants to be a superhero winner, and um, she won some competition or something, and she was jumping up and down. It was all excited. She's very hot, and she came over and she hugged this guy, and just a big old hug, and I gave him a kiss or something. And after the tape stopped rolling, Stanley leaned over to him and said, and you're welcome. <laughs> so I thought that was a very cute story. And the other Stanley story that I want to tell, um, they had a Q&A with Stan. There was a long line of people uh, waiting to ask Stan questions. And this guy gets up there, and he was – I haven't seen a crowd turn on an audience member so quickly which is what happened with this guy. The room, I would say there's literally 500 people in this room. Mm-hmm. And I gets up there and he goes, Stan, where did you get the idea for Homo Superior with X-Men? Because I was reading this book that came out in the 1940s. And the word Homo Superior was in there. And it just so happens the guy that was telling it could uh, was bald and also could read minds. And at the end of this book, there was a giant fight on an island similar to X-Men First Class. And, and Stan goes, I just thought the next step from Homo sapien would be Homo superior. And he goes, but this book came out such and such and such, and the crowd started booing the dude. <laughs> and basically, the guy was second in line, and he's calling Stan Lee a plagiarist. And anyway, Stan just shrugged them off and whatever. And so... He's probably right, but you can't say that in a public audience. Well, I I don't think Stan plagiarized that. I don't know. Laugh, <laughs> <laughs> JR. Think JR, do you think Stan's a plagiarist? I mean... I think there was a lot of sharing and lifting of ideas in the... The comics world in the well, I mean, to this day, I mean, doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't Rich Johnson on his website have something called the swipe file? You know, where uh, uh, people are, uh, you know, always copying other people, other artists' covers or something like that. And uh, there's always been there, there's always been borrowing and copying, but but it's very. Po- I mean, ideas aren't aren't necessarily unique. I mean, he he honestly could not necessarily have even known that existed. And look, the brain swap idea is old as time, yeah. and we're in the middle of that too. So, yeah. I mean, nothing's new, but I, I, you know, I mean, you know, don't, don't, I wouldn't make Stan out to be any kind of saint. I mean, really, I wouldn't call him a plagiarist either, which is 
Let's do it. Let's get down with it. No, it's just, but I agree. It's not something, you know, it's not something, you know, this, this is a guy looking for his 15 minutes, you know. No, you don't necessarily, con- you know, go in a public place and try to confront somebody and by basically accuse them of stealing the story. No. That's what the guy did. Yeah. It's, so- no, wrong. I mean, he not only deserved to be booed down, he probably deserved to have a piece of concrete thrown at him. <laughs> and, and missed the wedding. Uh, <laughs> but this is the, be- the best part of the story, because this shows how, at 90, year- 90 years old, Stan still has it. So this kid goes up. We, we, the, that, that guy's been booed. He's been, he sat down. Three or four questions have gone by. We're at the very last question of the panel. And this young little kid, I'd say, well, not young, maybe 12 or so, gets up to the microphone and says, Stan, I love the X-Men. I, um, tell me how you came up with the X-Men. And Stan goes, I just read that dude's book. That's all I did. <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd erupted in laughter and applause. And Stan said, peace, I'm out. And so uh, he didn't really say well, that. Just, that just, just like him. I mean, that was just such a great uh, uh, comeback to that jerk. And, uh, and another thing, Stan Lee was given a... Uh, a local university or, or something from St. Louis gave him a black belt from a like a kung I don't know a karate place or some something Did maybe you? the world maybe it, I think it was an Olympic it was an Olympic uh, karate group or something I don't even know if there's karate Olympics yeah, there are there is there is <laughs> there, okay. well, this guy was at the karate Olympics and he presented Stan with a black belt. So Stanley is now a black belt, in case you were wondering. So okay, so people are just giving Stanley stuff now. No, he's a, he's a Stanley can kick your butt because he's a black belt. So anyway, it was good to see Stanley at the convention. I also uh, this isn't Spider-Man related. He had nothing to do with Spider-Man, but uh, Henry Winkler, the Fonz, I got to meet. Ooh. And a yeah, the Fonz, he's Mister Cool, and uh, I went to his panel and. I was the very first at the microphone, and one of my favorite movies, I guess it's got to be in my top 100, is Night Shift. Has anybody in, on the panel seen Night Shift? Yes, indeed. Saw it at the movies. Michael Keaton, one of the, in fact, I think it was the one that uh, started making Michael Keaton a uh, more well-known name. And he, this movie was directed by Ron Howard, mm-hmm. who also worked with uh, Henry Winkler on Happy Days. Anyway, the gist of the movie is Henry Winkler works in a morgue, and Michael Keaton comes and works with them because he's the boss's cousin or something like that. And Michael Keaton's idea is to turn the morgue into a brothel, where they are pimps. And, <laughs> and it's, it's the night shift, so nobody's watching them. So they can go around and, and have prostitutes, etc. Funny, funny movie. And... So uh, I, my first question to Henry Winkler was, I love Night Shift. What's it like to be a pimp? <laughs> and Henry smiles and laughs. The crowd gives me a big laugh. And he goes, it was very nice to be a pimp. However, there was no perks of being a pimp when you play it in film. <laughs> so I thought that was just a funny. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, St. Louis Comic Con first ever, and they've already got plans for uh, year two. We've got a uh, couple big names coming back for year two. We've got uh, the brothers from The Walking Dead. Help me out, Chris. Uh, Daryl. Daryl and Merle. Daryl and Merle coming back, and also uh, Rick's uh, buddy that. Uh, um, Shane. Shane. Shane are lined up for that. 
So I'm looking forward to that. I've already got plans to go there for a year two. So that is my Stanley story. That's a wrap on this episode. Before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. Another example of the great prices is on the new printing of the Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus. Now, this one collects Amazing Fantasy 15, Amazing Spider-Man number 1, the 38, the two Amazing Annuals, the first Fantastic Four Annual, and the Strange Tales Annual number 2. Now, the cover price is $99.99, and mail order has it for just $61.99. That's 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the SpiderManCrawlspace.com. Spider-Man Crawl Space.com.